Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Well, God is good. I want to get into right into this this morning. And so we're talking about the unshakable kingdom, the unchanging person, which they're connected vitally because the unshakable kingdom is built on an unchanging person. In Hebrews 12, it says, now this expression yet once more indicates the removal and final transformation of all those things which can be shaken. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, he goes on to say, let us serve with godly fear. And, and it's a powerful passage that I, the whole 12th chapter of Hebrews is extremely powerful and important. I would suggest you do a Bible study of Hebrews chapter 12. Then the unshakable person is built on Hebrews 13, which is uh, another powerful. The book of Hebrews is extremely important to us as believers, especially today in light of what we're, we're facing. And in it, he makes the statement, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the unchanging person, Jesus is an unchanging person because he's perfect and you can't improve on perfection. Therefore, in his perfection, the beauty of God shines forth. So we would not even know what God is like had it not been for Jesus. We talked about that last week. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's the only way we have any idea of what God could and possibly be like was because of Jesus. Make no mistake about it. Look at every religion outside of um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have God pictured as some hard to please, difficult, angry, violent God, ready to smash you. And that's why most religions of the world are violent and, and uh, have show no grace and no mercy. But Jesus came to introduce us to the, to the real father and he came full of grace and truth, John said. So these are powerful principles that are, that are so important that, I, that I've been like just, I've been just pouring my heart into and being, because here it is, I've studied, you know, so I've been around a long time and I've been in the church for a long time and I've been, you know, to, I've studied, been to Bible schools and conferences and, and training and, and all this. And I've heard, I've heard very little stuff about the kingdom. I've heard a lot about the church, but very little about the kingdom. And so the kingdoms of this world are in conflict with the kingdom of God. And that's kind of where I want to begin today. I'm going to begin in a really interesting verse. If you go, I told you I was going to get prophetic. If you go to uh, Revelation chapter 11, you know, this is a chapter that really has... Uh, has been talked a lot about over the last hundred years, and dates have been set on the, on the return of Jesus based on people's studies of Re Revelation chapter 11. Bible charts have been uh, laid out according to interpolations of, uh, of uh, Revelation chapter 11, and all kinds of stuff has been taught and preached, and, and, and I think a lot of that has missed the point. Because it gets into a lot of stuff, you know, that people get really hung up into. You know, they get hung up in the, 
in, in the, in, lost in the details and they can't see the forest for the trees. But listen to this verse in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, which I think really sets what is really happening and is, is the foundation of what we're in today in the kingdom's of this world that are in conflict. And, and there is definitely a conflict. And I want to I report to you today that I see a shift taking place, though in many powerful and positive ways in this conflict. It says in Revelation eleven fifteen, then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, so there, there was this declaration in heaven, loud voices in heaven Heaven's an expansive place, so when you can hear, you know it's a loud voice. And it was, and here's what they were saying: the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. So here's a, here's a, 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 a seismic shift, if you were. A, a time when the kingdoms of this world, and we know, you know, we have a lot of kingdoms, and they're kingdoms that are, carry a lot of power, and they represent a lot of people. Like, you know, we have the kingdom, so to speak, of China that, that has, you know, uh, uh, a couple of billion people, I think. I haven't looked at census numbers, but you have places like India with a billion people. You have... Russia, and you have the United States, and, and you have all these different kingdoms. Most of them are not kingdoms anymore. We don't even know what a kingdom really is much anymore because um, we, we have went to monarchs and democracy or communism, and we don't really, uh, we don't understand what a kingdom really is, which is why it's important to, to get our mind in alignment. But listen to what he says. The kingdoms of this world have become. So there was an expansion of the kingdom of God to the point that the kingdoms of this world became the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Are you with me? So he shall reign forever because he is the king of the kingdom. And his kingdom resides over everything on the earth. He is the final authority, the amen, the faithful, the true. He is the Lord God almighty, omnipotent in power. And in the end, everything gets swallowed up in him. And there is no resisting him because he is the God who made it all anyway. And it's all subject to him. And I know people are resisting that. Kingdoms resist it. Kings resist him. And so on, but he says here that in the, in, in the end times, the kingdoms of this world have become. So right now we know that there's kingdoms that are not yet surrendered. There are kingdoms who are not fully given up, but God is working and he is expanding his kingdom. Did you know like, did you know like in China, like thousands of, thousands of Chinese are becoming believers every day because of the work of the underground church? The kingdom is expanding. I mean, the, I've, I've read numbers. I don't know how they, how they get these numbers. I hesitate because all the millennials will Google these numbers and then come up later and tell me I was wrong. Where'd you get those numbers? So I'm not going to, I don't know what those numbers are. Google it, I guess. I don't know. But, but there's tens of thousands of believers 
being born again in China every day because of the underground church. Right in the midst of the worst communism and, and, and control on the planet. Because I don't know if you've read it, but you know, uh, uh, it's funny how in the media, a mosque can get bombed and it makes national news. But a, a church can get blown up. I saw a thing two weeks ago in China where the Chinese government walked into a church and loaded it with dynamite, dynamite and blew it up and killed the pastor and his family and walked away as a threat to the church not to carry on. Did you see that in the news? And so these kingdoms are in conflict, and, 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 but Jesus is working, and he's he, like the leaven in the lump. He is, he is expanding his influence, and, 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 and the nations are coming. We're in that day, church, where nations are going to come to the gospel. Amen. Not just individuals, yeah. but nations are coming to Jesus Christ. I got good news for you too. The church is coming back to Jesus too. <laughs> Moving right along. This is a picture I ran across in my studies. It's, a, it's really poorly. It's a picture of a painting by Charles Butler called King of Kings. This painting was destroyed and, and burned by the Germans in World War II. Um, I saw a, a, a really good graphic reproduction of this, and they say that the, that the Jesus and his, his garment there has never been able to be matched in its uh, luminescence for some reason, and, but when this pain was destroyed, but this picture is titled King of Kings, and when Charles Butler painted it, um, you see all the people there's 162 kings, and, and you can even identify them by, because he, he painted them by, you know, by these are actual kings and, and kingdoms and rulers of the world, and notice all of these kings, think about this, this is a picture of all of these kings who have ruled nations, these kings who have who have. At their word, wars have been launched and lives have been lost. And, and at their word, actions have been carried out. All of these kings are bowing at the feet of Jesus because Jesus is the king of kings. And that's the, the message I want to I present to you today is that in this message, there is, there's, there's a, there's, because of this tension, there's a tension in the kingdom message, and some have taken it out of, out of its place, and they've tried, to, they've tried to make it, you know, a kingdom now message entirely. And um, I want to submit to you that the kingdom message is both and and not either or. See, some want to say, well, because 
The kingdom isn't in full control, so it, it's irrelevant. Well, that's not true. The kingdom of God is more real and more relevant than anything. But, but the, because the fact that the kingdom isn't an either-or message, it's a both-and. The kingdom is now. Jesus said, now is the kingdom of God come unto you. Listen to me, church. Now, the kingdom is real now. The kingdom represents the ultimate dominion and rule and authority of Christ, who has established himself as king of kings, and he rules the earth. He is now king of kings. And he is now working within people to bring the world into alignment because the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So what's happening is Jesus is now king of kings, but what he's doing is working in the expansion of that kingdom so that everything out in the future ultimately surrenders itself to Jesus as the king of kings. So it's not yet. It's now, but not yet. You follow me? So like, for example, you look at certain situations, the, the devil comes in and, and he disrupts something. And we say, well, is God lost control? Is the kingdom, is the king moved off the throne? Has Jesus been removed from his throne because because Satan did something in your life? No. No, the kingdom of God is real and it's and and, and it's in it's it has power. And the fact that there is a conflict between kingdoms because the kingdom of darkness is in opposition to the kingdom of light. And so as the kingdom of light, we're going to have to face the fact that we're going to have to keep praying, keep seeking, keep professing, keep prophesying of the kingdom of God in power and authority and tear down the kingdoms of this world every chance we get. Because here's the real opposition to the kingdom. It's not really, it's not really found in Satan's opposition to God. It's in man's refusal to surrender to the will of God. <laughs> and so the kingdom is now and not yet. So we, I'm working and living and believing and praying for the kingdom. Here, here's, here's what Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 when it came to prayer. See, because I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help you here today because there's a lot of people get goofed up in this and, 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 and they try to say that God's behind everything. You know, and they blame God for everything. But I want to tell you something, God is not behind everything. If God was behind everything, why did he tell us, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no opposition to God's will in heaven. One person tried. A worship leader got a proud And God expelled him and one-third of the angels from heaven who aligned themselves with him because God wouldn't tolerate that in heaven. 
And so Jesus said, now when you pray, pray this way, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your name be set apart. Thy kingdom come. Why? Because, Because God's kingdom has within it healing, deliverance, salvation. You with me? But what we're, and what we have to do is God's domain is we have to enforce that kingdom. So I, when I lay hands on somebody for healing, I'm not like saying, God, I need you to protect my reputation. God, I'm a preacher. You got to do something for me because people think I, I, you know, you got to do this for me because God, my, my ministry's on the line here. My ministry's not on the line. What I pray from is from his kingdom. I'm praying, God, this is your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, I pray you'll enforce the power of God against the works of darkness. And God, I pray you'll expel Satan, whether it's in sickness or demonic activity or whether it's in stubborn rebellion. Or You know, that's a tough one right there to pray against because usually somebody's in cooperation with it. But we can keep praying, we can keep praying, we can keep believing, we can keep confessing, and we can keep even standing for our, for our city, and even though our city may be in complete rebellion. Let me tell you something else. You can pray for your sons and daughters who are in rebellion. Your sons and daughters may be out in rebellion, but you can keep praying and keep seeking and keep calling on God. God, I pray your kingdom come. Come now. It's not yet, Lord, but I I thank you, God, that I see my children serving you, walking beside you, living for you, overcoming for you. I see your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth is my children as it is in heaven. How about that? And so there's a seismic shift taking place with churches that are becoming kingdom-minded. You know, for a long time, the church has been all about itself. And the only thing that we wanted to do was promote ourselves. And the only things we would get behind are the things that served us somehow. Hello. Hello. And when we would be called upon to come together to do something big, do something for the city, do something for the region, the, past, the first question the pastor would ask is, well, what's in it for me? Oh, I've been here, folks. I've been here. I've seen this work. I've seen, hey, we're, we're coming together to, to, to pray for our city. Yeah, well, how's that going to help my church grow? I remember my good friend when I first came here and took uh, the, the pastor position of this local church, and I, I started meeting, and I had started meeting with the Portage pastors, and we pray together on Thursdays, not many of us, but as pastors who are like-minded come together because our heart is for this city. And we pray over the city and we pray God's hedge around it. We pray for the leadership and the growth and the direction and the power. How many of you know that the church is here to represent the kingdom of God? This isn't about City Point taking over Portage. I don't want City Point to take over Portage. I want the kingdom of God to rule and reign here. So... 
Because uh, I want to tell you something. There are the other, on the other side of this, the kingdom of this world is getting organized. Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in Panera the other day. And I walked by the, the bulletin board on my way into the men's room at Panera, which I don't look at bulletin boards. I, I, you know, I, I, as a rule, I can't ever remember even paying attention to this bulletin board. But I turned the corner, the bulletin board's here. I'm about to step in. My eye catches a, a big poster on this bulletin board. I, look, I, I stop, I back up, and I start reading this poster. And it's a poster of a group that's organizing in our city right now. And their first meeting is, is this week. And, and the whole purpose of this organization on the poster is to push a progressive agenda. And in this progressive agenda, you know what it represents. It represents an organized effort. And here's my paraphrase of all they said. Because it was about, you know, it was about all in code word, rights, equal rights, access, equal access, and all these words which are buzzwords and they're, yeah, I mean, do I believe in equal rights? Yeah, certainly. But what they represent is an agenda to assert a particular belief system into the city that essentially will expel God from it because the moment a group of people espouse one set of beliefs, they have to make a determination about another set of beliefs, which is why, listen, you can be anything in our country today, but don't you dare be a Christian. And you can say almost anything about anybody in our country today, but don't you say it as a believer. Because now you just went to hating. And, the, and then the argument ends because the moment I label you a hater, a racist, a homophobic, xenophobic, misogynist, then I've labeled you, discounted you, discarded you, and the discussion ends. And there's, this is the conflict that's going on in our country today, and at the heart of it are the very, are the very fabrics that form this country. But those things are eroding, those things are under attack, and those things, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a shift, though, that's going on in the, in, the, in the country, and there's a shift going on in the church. There, God is raising up a bunch of people who are kingdom-minded. God is raising up people who care more about the kingdom of God than their ego or their... My mind just went poof. Their logo. You see, everybody today is about egos and logos. Just make sure you get my name on it. Make sure you get our logo on it. What would it look like if we just went after the city without regard to who's, who gets the credit for it? So anyway, just want to call you to awareness of this because immediately my spirit was checked 
And, I, and, I, and I'm like, man, whew, Lord Jesus, help us. Because they're organized and they're, you know, and you know, really, listen to me, it only takes, it only takes a small percentage of people who are unified to go out and change something. The power of unity is really powerful. But what would happen if the church all got on the same page? The church is the most divided thing in the world. We divide up over denominations. We're divided up. We divide up over beliefs. We divide up over locations. We divide up over colors. You know, we say, well, I go to a white church. I, I, you know, I go to a black church. I go to a Latino church. God's church, there is no white church, black church, Latino church in the kingdom of God. I mean, frankly, this church is way too white. But I'm not targeting people. I'm just saying we should represent our community. Anyway, I was talking to Pastor Mike Bean, who's pastor of Crossroads, right up the street here. I love Pastor Mike. One of the first pastors I got to know here and praying with Pastor Mike. And Pastor Mike and I share a really special bond because our hearts are knitted together in in, in, an agreement and in unity and in love. We, We truly love and I love this man. And um, we're, in a, we're in a prayer meeting one morning, and, and Pastor, you know, and I, I mentioned, you know, to, I wanted, my heart, I, I'll tell you the truth, I was, I was perplexed. It's like, how come there's only six pastors here? And we have 40 churches in this city. And it, I mean, it breaks my heart, and I, you know, in my, in my, Sometimes I get a little carried away. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I'd say things. And, and sometimes then God has to correct me. Sometimes God has to rebuke me. I, I'm, of course, that's, not, that's me. That's not you. You guys don't ever say the wrong, anything wrong. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, you know, I said, I'm really looking and longing for the day when we can put our names Check our names at the door. Check our churches the the side because I'm really over the, you know, when I meet a pastor, you know, the typical conversation is, where do you pastor and then how big is your church and you know and all that and then and then what what what's your what's your thing? I'm really kind of all over that. You know, this this is not a big church, but this is a church with a big heart that makes a big impact because we carry the kingdom of God. We're not out promoting City Point. And, and <laughs> uh, I, hope you, I hope you hear my heart in this because this represents a, a shift that I think is taking place. You know, because, you know, I, I, I think I, I, was, I was listening to something that really, really grieved me too this week when a major ministry rebuked Francis Chan publicly. And, and again, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a, 
follower of Francis Chan. I love Francis Chan. I have some of his books. He's a great writer. I love his passion. I think he has a tremendous heart and has been a blessing to the body of Christ. Here's a man that walked away from a mega church because he felt like he was, he had, he had felt like he built something that was not pleasing to God. You, you'll have to Google it. Well, they, they, re, they were uh, uh, rebuking Francis Chan. I'm like, wow, what, is, what has Francis done now? I mean, they made it sound like, I'm thinking, oh, the way they were, the spirit and the tone and where it started and how, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, did, you know, they, they had it like Francis had committed the unpardonable sin. And as I listened, and you know what they were, you know what they were calling him out publicly? And this guy doesn't, has never even met Francis Chan. He's never sat and got to know his heart. You know what they rebuked him for? Because he went to the call, in, or not the call, the One Thing Conference in Kansas City. The last one that was ever to be held was this at the beginning of this year. Am I saying it right, the one thing? And, and Fran, they didn't have any speakers. This year they canceled all the speakers, all the bands, everything, and they just were coming together because they felt like they, here's the thing, here was another seismic shift. They said, we think conferences have gotten out of control because it's, it's by who's on, who's on the pl uh, platform and the band that's up on the stage and everything is around personalities and celebrities and Jesus is getting left out somewhere. And so that was the whole thing. And that's why they canceled. They said, this is going to be our last one thing. Because the, and, the, and we're talking about a conference that wasn't dwindling down to 100 people. It, this thing was, has been steadily increasing and with over 20,000 people gathering. And Francis Chan showed up and, and Mike Bickle invited him up on the platform. And he said, I love you, Mike Bickle. I love your heart and I love... You see, because this represents a kingdom shift because now it's not about just a conference and, hey, we got 20,000 people here and can't wait till next year because once you start something, you know, you got to perpetuate it. God forbid that the Holy Spirit would say, hey, why don't, you, why don't you do something different? Why don't you go this way? No, 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 but we've been doing it this way and, and this is how churches fall into systems and fall in love with their things because they have worked for years. But, but, but then all of a sudden the cloud moves. You see, the church as, as the kingdom is to follow the glory, to follow the glory. And when the glory moves, when the cloud moves, then we should move with it. And you can tell how well, because many people get, I hear people all the time. And, and this, you know, they say, I don't like change. And really what they're saying is, I don't like you because you're, every, everything around you is always changing. But that's the nature of the kingdom of God. It's ever expanding, it's ever growing, it's ever moving. And a good sign, listen, a good sign that you're stuck is that you've been doing it that way for a long, long time. <laughs> There's a crisis in the church because I think the church, listen to this, the church has realized that we, when we put the church over the kingdom, it really wasn't such a good idea. Because when we put the church on top, 
the kingdom fell down to a lower and lesser priority, and then the power of God was relegated to something other than what it's supposed to be. You know, I was very careful in how I said that. And, 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 but you see, when you put the kingdom on top and you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be... A church that's kingdom-minded is a church that's going to be relevant and powerful. But a church that thinks they're going to do it based on the latest, greatest fad is going to be disappointed. <sighs> I didn't think y'all would shout over this today. I really wrestled with this message. I got to tell you, I, I really, I got to be honest with you. I wrestled with this because this is like, this is hard to stand here and tell you as a pastor that we need a shift in how we're doing church. We need a shift in how we even come to church. Because most of you come with the mindset, I'm going to put my time in. And then, hey, see, I was here. Boom. And the quick as it's over, you're gone. While God is trying to draw you into something more deeper than you ever could know. Because the church isn't about a building that you attend. The church is about a person that you are. And the church has done everything in showing people about how to sing and how to preach and how to have a meeting and how to organize and how to systemize everything, and yet we don't even know how to live and walk this out. Yeah, because the first time somebody ticks you off, you get mad and take your bat ball and bat and go home, which shows me your heart isn't right. This is why I had a hard time. I'm like, Lord, do you really? Could you, could you give me a happy message? <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I want to read to you something. This is uh, written by Stephen Strang. Stephen Strang is the publisher of Charisma Magazine. He has his finger on the pulse of the church I think probably as, as well as any man because they are constantly, they're about everything in the church, everything that's happening, all the, all the happenings. He wrote an article entitled The Real Church Crisis. And I just wanted you to hear, you can look this up by, from, uh, either from Charisma or from him. It's here, I'm reading, quoting from him. Do you sense a depression in the body of Christ in America as if something is badly wrong? We're losing influence within our culture as the anti-Christian sentiment grows. Yet you'd never know it in most churches. The smoke, the lights, the loud music and preaching rolls on as if all is well. Too often people come to the church and are deeply disappointed, and as a result, are turned off from the gospel. The church promises solution, but only offers lip service. We've become excellent at giving people a show on Sunday, but lousy at showing them how to actually live. 
I recently spoke with two businessmen friends about why it's hard to find a good church. Both are successful financially and are passionate believers. On the surface, they're what every pastor needs. Yet after being active in local churches, they both became disillusioned with what they saw and how they were treated. How they were treated. I I talked to a businessman back when Jojo Dawson was here. Jojo and I went to see this businessman who's, who's been a supporter of Jojo's ministry. He was from Chicago, quite wealthy. And uh, Jojo and I went to visit him, and he asked me a few questions about the church. He actually came here when Jojo was here, and uh, him and his wife and came, and, and uh, he lives like an hour and a half from here. He walked out. When I saw him after that, he said... Uh, He said, you know, I'd really, if your church was closer, I wish there was a church like yours where I live. He said, I I sense something different about your church. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. (laughs) The worship and everything, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And and, uh, he didn't say anything about anything. He didn't say anything about the service. He didn't say anything about the building. He didn't say anything about anything in the natural. He said, I sense that your church has a real heart for the kingdom. And he said, I've been to every church in this region. And I said, all I find are churches that are just in it for themselves. And he said, pastors that I have met, the only reason they even want to get to know me is because they think that I'm going to give them lots of money. And he said, the only people who really showed me any attention are the ones who ultimately had a plan for me to give into their building program so they could do the next thing in their kingdom. My heart broke for that fella. And I, I, you know, it would be easy for me to say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. And, you know, that's not true. And, but unfortunately, it is true in many places. Unfortunately, when it comes to the church today, listen, I can say this because I know this. Many of, I'm a, I, I am a, I am a born again pastor. What I mean by that is I was that pastor at one time. And all I cared about was where we growing, was, was, was people coming, and how were the offerings. And I, I have seen, because I've seen God, I've seen through, I have seen amazing things that work. You know, and you, you scratch your head and go, wow, that works. And, and, it, and people, it attracts people. Because when you do the attractional thing, yeah. it attracts people. But when you go on mission, see, I got born again to my mission. 
My mission is not to build this church. Jesus said, I will build my church. My, my, my mission is not to gather as many people as I can. You say, well, don't you care about people? I love people. And I want to tell you how we're going to reach this city. It's when you stop hiding from God and you start letting God in. And when you let God in and we start collectively, corporately letting God completely change and transform us and your walk with God becomes real and your life in God becomes real and your marriage becomes real and your children are receiving loving direction from you, from a heart that is real. And when you stop talking it and you start walking it, this city will be turned upside down and lives will run to say, I need what you got. But see, the, the world's not running to our door because when they get to our door, much of what they hear is about how great we are and yet when you peel beneath the veneer, they go, off. I'm better off than you are. I, I, got, I can do better than that. Talk's cheap. The, gospel's, the gospel isn't about, you know, today too, it's like people want to know, you know, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah. And, and you know how they equate Christianity? By what church you go to. Jesus sat down and he began to teach them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed is the person who has come to terms with his poverty and his bankruptcy and his emptiness and his utter dependence on God you want to you want to see you want to know the characteristics of what the church and what believers should look like, then read the Beatitudes. We're so smug and self-assured, and I've been a Christian for 40 years. No, you haven't. You're just a 40, you're just a one-year-old Christian 40 times. <laughs> but I've been in church my whole life. Yeah, but the church isn't, hadn't been in you. Yeah, but I love Jesus. Well, then if you love Jesus, why aren't you keeping his commandments? Don't tell me you love Jesus and you're out committing adultery. Don't tell me you love Jesus and you're out fulfilling your lust and your stuff and dragging Jesus along with you. Don't tell me I love Jesus and you're shacking up. Oh, but Pastor Mike, you can't say that in church because that's, that that's not going to fly. That's why when you look at the church today, it has no power, yeah, no attraction, yeah. no joy, and no power. Yeah. Now that I've sufficiently made everybody mad... You say, well, Pastor Mike, what's going to change all this? 
Yeah, we need to, yeah, we need to get people to line up. No, what we need is get people's hearts right. Because there's a lot of people who aren't committing adultery, and your heart's not right either. Because you're full of judgment. You're full of criticism. You're harsh. You're mean. And you lack grace. You don't look like Jesus. You just look like a scribe or a Pharisee. And it's really, so how do, how, I have, I have like, I am in deep stuff right now. So if I was to ask you, what does a Christian look like, Pastor Mike? What does a Christian look like? He, he, he should be, he should be like wearing this theology and have this cross around his neck and he should be associated with this theologically sound group. And what does, what does a Christian look like? He looks like Jesus. Who Jesus was able to tell the truth, but he was able to do it out of love. He was able to talk to people who were lost and hold out a light for them to get found because he wasn't half, he wasn't half saved and half walking a life that he half believed. He was fully surrendered, fully sold out, fully given to the gospel. The, he wasn't just preaching the gospel. He was the gospel. Somebody said to me a while back, they go, Pastor Mike, how do you do all this preaching without, you don't write anything down? Because, man, I write, I write all my stuff out. I go, I have files where I used to, I used to, I have files. I write hundreds of stuff where I wrote out every word. And then I realized the message isn't something you preach. It's something you are. And if you aren't what you preach, listen to me, don't, if you aren't what you preach, you should sit down. Until you get arrested by God. Every Sunday, people are hearing sermons that are preached at people. And people have developed an impenetrable shield. Because after all, I'm saved. I don't need that. Well, can I tell you, ain't none of us made it yet. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who know their condition. They will walk into the kingdom in all its power and fullness. The church needs to figure that out. And the church that figures that out will embody the kingdom. And the church that embodies the kingdom will be limitless in its power and influence to shape a city, and even shape a nation. Because that's what Jesus was trying to do, was raise world changers. He didn't say, go and make disciples of all people. He said, go make disciples of all nations. We're here to shape nations. I need you to bow your heads. I, I'm going to quit. I've probably dug this hole deep enough.
We're going to take a little time over the next little bit. I'm going to show you how Jesus disguised himself. in order to reveal himself. I'm going to show you the characteristics of the kingdom that will totally challenge our church mindsets. I'm going to show you what the true characteristics of a believer is. Today I want to ask you this question. Are you happy? Yeah, that's what I said. Are you happy? See, Jesus said, blessed, that word blessed in Matthew 5, 3, the word blessed, makriomos, means happy and fortunate. That's what it literally changes it. Happy and fortunate. Blessed are they that mourn. They shall be comforted. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happy, 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 happy. Nine times he says happy, 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 happy. Bless, 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 bless. If you embody the characteristics of the king, that's what the beatitudes are. When's the last time you've been challenged to take on the gift of brokenness. Blessed are they that mourn. When's the last time you invited in the gift of persecution? Blessed are ye when men persecute you and revile you. Happy. <laughs> are you happy? If you're seeking happiness as the end, probably not. But if you're seeking the kingdom and his righteousness, then all this happiness will be bestowed upon you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.